0: Welcome to Activist Connect, a podcast seeking to engage, educate, entertain, and to connect amnesty activists across the country. I'm Tiana, and I would like to begin by acknowledging the Yagara and Turrbal people as the traditional owners of the land on which we're meeting on here in Brisbane, and I would like to extend my respect to elders past, present, and emerging from wherever you are listening from, and acknowledge that this land always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. back to Activist Connect, guys. In this episode, we're going to be looking at all of the ways that words can change the world, and we're going to be exploring how we as activists can harness the power of language to make a positive impact. I want to begin by outlining the power that words can have, particularly in the context of social change. So one of the first ways is that language can really frame a conversation. Many of our social, cultural and political battles are really highly strategized language wars. The vocabulary that we actually use for a cause can influence how people perceive it. We use terms like pro-choice rather than pro-abortion or anti-life. The gay marriage debate shifted when it was reframed as marriage equality. Each side of a debate is well-named and framed, and this isn't something that's trivial. Language can also be used to expose wrongdoings. A term like fair trade actually implies an opposite, that other coffees or products are somehow unfair to the farmers or producers. The term equal rights actually implies a society where some folks' rights are more equal than others. Language can raise questions about business as usual. It can also bring to light a bad practice. Through the power of words, practices that would have otherwise gone unnoticed can be exposed, and naming the problem is often the first step to solving it. Words can actually give actions a meaning. When an action has a catchy name, there must be many others doing it, right? So if you join, you're not alone. Naming something can brand an issue or practice because it makes it more real, it reinforces its legitimacy, and the more people that hear the phrase, the more it seems to become important and the more people will consider it to be something they should be supporting. One of the most significant ways that Amnesty International has used words to change the world is through letter writing. From the very beginning of Amnesty International in 1961, people have written letters on behalf of victims of human rights abuses. You might only write one letter, but your letter, combined with others from all over the world, can lead to a dramatic improvement in the situation of a victim of human rights abuses. Putting pressure on officials through letter writing has resulted in torture being stopped, access granted to doctors or lawyers, death sentences being commuted, and disappearances investigated or prisoners released. Now, there are some general letter writing tips that you should bear in mind when you're writing letters as an amnesty activist. Your letters should be brief, factual, and polite. You should take special care not to sound too aggressive or offensive. Try writing in a natural style. Don't feel like you have to be super formal or use elaborate phrases. Keep the letters factual and to the point. Don't discuss any ideology or politics. We oppose human rights violations, not a particular government or political system. Be positive. Make a clear request and write as if the reader is open to reasoned argument. If you're writing on behalf of an individual case, give the full name of the prisoner or individual at risk. Say a little something about yourself if you want to. For example, say your occupation or your background to show that all kinds of people everywhere are concerned about human rights. Try and write in English unless you get an accurate translation, and you can mention that you're an amnesty member or that you're writing as a concerned individual. Finally, try and use a conclusion that encourages a reply, even if you don't expect them to reply. So why do we write letters as Amnesty International activists? Sometimes we write letters to MPs. For some campaigns, you'll be asked to write to your MP to draw attention to a human rights concern that they may be in a position to improve or influence. There are some important things to remember if you're writing to your local MP. First of all, make sure that you live in their electorate and identify yourself as a constituent. Make sure that you're writing to the right person. Depending on which level of government is responsible for the laws or policy surrounding the issues, you may have to write to your federal MP, a state MP or even a local councillor have a clear ask don't just contact them out of concern make it very clear what you're asking your mp to do and always ask for reply or encourage them to meet up with you to discuss the issue further next we have right for rights right for rights is an annual campaign that amnesty international has been organizing for 15 years Each year for Right for Rights, Amnesty identifies people and communities who are at risk of human rights abuses all over the world, who need solidarity and justice. Amnesty will pick 12 cases where global activism can make a huge difference right now. Amnesty then shares this worldwide with all of the Amnesty offices, and activists organize amazing letter-writing events and actions for some or all of the 12 people or communities around Human Rights Day on the 10th of December. People all over the world begin to write letters, send out tweets, emails, faxes, SMS messages or sign petitions. And these messages start arriving at government offices, prison cells or family homes. Change then happens, hope grows and prisoners might be in better conditions or be released. People know that others around the world are taking their injustice very personally. Another key way that Amnesty International uses letter writing as a tool to defend human rights is through urgent actions. I'm here with Courtney, an Amnesty volunteer with the Urgent Action Network, to talk all about how urgent actions fit into Amnesty's campaigning model, the history of urgent actions and how you can get involved and use your words to change the world through urgent actions. So Courtney, can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, what your role with Amnesty has looked like and what your activism journey has been like so far?
1: Uh, My name's Courtney and I've been a volunteer for Amnesty International for the past eight months. Um, I started out doing administration and I've currently taken over um, Urgent Actions Um, and I'm also part of the refugee campaign, um, trying to improve the current um, community sponsorship program that's in place. So what
0: are Urgent Actions? How do Urgent Actions fit into Amnesty International's kind of broader campaigning model?
1: Um, So Urgent Actions... Was sort of the starting movement of Amnesty International. Um, it started in 1973. Um, it first focused on a university professor called Luiz Rossi. Um, he he was arrested unfairly, and Amnesty um, campaigned for his release by writing letters um, all over the world. It was a global effort, and uh, the Brazilian authorities were bombarded by thousands of letters and emails and um, faxes and which put pressure on the um, authorities and he was finally released. Um, so that started the, the campaign for these urgent actions and from then um, it's it's slowly built and increased and it's currently operating in over 30 different countries. Um, we currently have up to 165,000 um people involved with the campaign, um, and ultimately it looks at putting pressure on authorities when human rights um, atrocities are being committed, Um, and it it sort of shows the authorities that the world is watching and to put the pressure on to ensure that um, these people are being treated fairly, that, you know, we call for early release. Um, At times we halt executions um, and stop torture, and all these kinds of things like this. So Amnesty International, um, to generate the urgent actions, they receive information about uh, people that are in imminent danger. Um, These these recollections are sourced from a variety of people um, and given to the Amnesty International researcher who then um, confirms that the information is correct. Um, From there, the urgent action is made into a case and then disseminated across the network, um, international network, and from there that's when the um, urgent actions are able to be put in place. So everyone writes their letters or emails and tweets, um, faxes, and sends it out from there. And how can our
0: listeners get
1: involved to take urgent actions? So, to get on board with urgent actions, um, all people need to do is send an email to activism at amnesty.org.au. They just need to send an email with their email address and declaring their interest um, for urgent actions. You can then choose how many urgent actions you wish to receive each month. Um, Otherwise, you can contact your local amnesty um, organisation and you can... Opt to have hard copy sent to you as well. Um, otherwise, social media is also an, an alternative to these two.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me all about urgent actions today, Courtney. Now, as activists, there's another type of writing that I think it's really important that we talk about, and that's writing online. Online writing is a bit unique because people read differently on the web. Internet readers scan rather than read, so your language has to be concise and much more structured for people to scan. Here are a few points when you're writing online. First of all, keep it concise. Avoid using long sentences and paragraphs. Then try and use keywords. Keywords help the readers quickly understand what you're talking about and can help social media networks and search engines surface your content a lot easier. Try and avoid too many technical terms. Keep the posts simple and easy to understand, and if readers want more information, give them a place that they can go to learn more. Link any key information. Links are a great way to engage people with issues, but make sure that anything you link is vital, and try and limit the number of links that you post. Remember to respect copyright, and ensure that you have the right to use any images or words, and credit them if it's needed. When you're posting on social media, you should use a personal and sociable tone. Don't position amnesty as a distant voice of authority. You should speak to people as if they're your peers. Keep your text short and chatty. Take the opportunity to have fun with the words. And you should try and grab your reader's attention and make them seek out more information. For example, use imagery and statements such as I stand with Indigenous kids, as opposed to Amnesty has launched a new campaign to end the overrepresentation of Indigenous youth in detention. I want to go over a few language guidelines, and more specifically, what you should avoid when posting online. Try and avoid biased, politically loaded, or offensive language. Avoid words like barbaric, civilised or uncivilised, dictator, extremist, fundamentalist, fanatic, savage, terrorist, tyrant, unless they're actually part of an important quote. Try and avoid jargon or any phrases that may be foreign to your audience unless it's used as part of a quote. And try and avoid language that isn't commonly used anymore, like the word year instead of annum or through instead of via. Try and avoid gender-biased language. Be accurate and specific but don't suggest that male is the norm. For example, say that 300 prisoners, 275 men and 25 women have been denied medical care. Not the opposite, like 300 prisoners including 25 women. Use more inclusive words such as people, humanity or spokesperson and avoid using masculine pronouns in a gender biased way. Use non-discriminatory and culturally sensitive language to avoid offending any reader's religion, ethnic or cultural identities. Use adjectives instead of nouns. Muslim, children, black people, Chinese community, white persons instead of Muslims, blacks, Chinese, whites, etc. Always capitalize the word indigenous when you're referring to indigenous peoples and aboriginal when referring to aboriginal peoples. Do not use nouns like Aborigines, Natives, Islanders, or indigenous, and don't refer to Indigenous people as minorities. When you're writing about people with disabilities, make sure that the language you're using does not unintentionally reinforce discriminatory views or attitudes. Use people with disabilities, not disabled people, or person with mental illness, not mentally ill person. Children with specific learning disabilities, not the learning disabled, and so on. And avoid using terms such as normal or able-bodied to describe people without disabilities. It's better to use the term children with and without disabilities benefit from a school environment that encourages them to learn together, for example. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of activist connect words really do have the power to change the world and as activists it's important that we spend some time honing in on our language skills to really harness the power that language has to make a positive impact don't forget to connect with us on facebook and instagram at activist connect and I look forward to connecting with you guys in our next episode